Hello, welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. It has been a couple of weeks now, but we still need to talk about the new trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Lethal Weapon 5. Yes, we're still talking about it. Apparently, it's still a thing. Earthworm Jim is making a comeback. Power Rangers lives on. And would you watch a TV series about Blockbuster? But before all of that, trailer talk. And you've said it. Spider-Man, No Way Home. It's the trailer to talk about. There is a lot going on. There's goblin bombs, tentacles. There's, there's there more is... than that. There's more than that. There's, <laughs> there there's is. goblins. There's green goblins. There's Dr. Octopuses. There's there's lizards and sandmen and electros. <laughs> and <laughs> a invisible assailant that people believe has been digitally oh, removed a, because it's potentially a spoiler. I mean, what we're seeing in this trailer, you either want it or you don't. You either <laughs> want a Spider-Man film where Tom Holland is going up against new foes, or you want the greatest hits from the Sam Raimi and Mark Webb films and have all those villains come back. You know what? I've... I've I've said it before, like, I'm all for, like, this weird greatest hits of villains thing. And what I like in, in this trailer is that, you know, what we're seeing with these, well, at least for most of these villains, is that, okay, they've got the same actor back, you know, like, sort of almost like having a having another go at these, at these, these characters because they're all a little bit different. Like, Doc Ock is a bit different. Um, I mean, Green Goblin looks the same, but I mean, no, he doesn't get so much. Well, not really. He kind of in this latest trailer, does. and if you look at the latest poster, he's wearing a hood. Like he's not looking okay, so that's a bit like that's he's a bit not. Different. He's not looking like a Power Rangers villain. Although I love that first Sam Raimi film. But in this trailer, though, like we see him, we see him as the the Power Ranger looking suit. But that's that's a you know that aside. My point being, I mean that that works with my the the argument I'm trying to make is that um like Electro. I mean, not only is he a completely different color, like he's yellow. You know, he's got that classic sort of star shaped thing. Which I think, oh my god, they're actually pulling that off. That looks kind of cool. Um, I mean, Sandman's probably always going to look like like Sandman. But I mean, the the point is, they're all like they're the same, but also different so i mean, I, I agree and on that doc ock although his tentacles look like what we've seen before it looks like a combination of what it had and tony stark armor you've got the metallic red mm. and gold and the other point i was going to make which oh yes electro it looks like he's got an arc reactor on his chest which also makes it feel what came before merged with the MCU. I'm really hoping that, like, you know, what you're saying, I mean, I think with the Doc Ock one, it, it kind of does look like he, at some point he's, like, absorbing Spider-Man's, like, nanotech suit in a way, and maybe that's why it then has the red on it. It could be. But I would like it. I would like it if, like, say, for instance, this Electro, played by, you know, once again by Jamie Foxx, but um, if this Electro in his universe that he's coming from, 
you know, like Tony Stark assisted him, helped him with something, or, you know, he acquired, you know, Stark tech and then used it, got caught up in, you know, this thing. So, I mean, I, I guess on one hand, it's like, okay, we've got another Spider-Man villain that has ties to Stark. But, I mean, I guess it would play into what they've, they've been sort of doing, yeah. kind of thing. It would. And, look, it keeps it, even though they're saying multiverse, it's still very much MCU, you know, relate i feel like that's the way to do it they're having fun with these actors coming back but that's all it is it's like you know there's the multiverse they're from other places they've got these other histories but they're not literally the characters from those movies you know where if if we had toby Maguire and andrew garfield do not appear in this trailer if they are in this movie which again i'm taking that stance of i don't think they are i don't want them to be the fact is, if they do, it just creates a whole weird mess of of weird things. Like that conversation of Tobey Maguire talking to Tom Holland, like, like, oh yeah, my my web fluids are biological; they come out of my like. That's disgusting. Like, what? <laughs> that's it's what a weird conversation. I don't yeah. ever want to see that. Yeah. It is what it is. Like, wow, Tony, a rich guy, bought, like, made your suit, paid for it for you. You have an AI in your head. Like, wow, you're. You're bloody spoiled, aren't you? You know, the one, the one upsetting thing from this trailer, though, that made me oh, and made me a little bit cautious, and now I'm a little bit worried, is when Doc Ock looks at Peter Parker's face and says, "You're not Peter Parker," in his, you know, yeah. Alfred Molina voice. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? Does it mean we we have variants of Peter Parker that obviously do not look like Tom Holland? I'm like, shit. That Very goes much- against. What I was sticking to with my theories could but. be, but could just be editing. Could still, yes, could still be editing. There's no doubt well, in my mind. Be, it could be a personality thing, or the, you know, the way our Tom Holland's Peter Parker, like his confidence or how he he acts. You're like, maybe it's like, or maybe he has blonde hair in the other <laughs> universe or something weird. You know, like looks like Chris Pine. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe Doc Ock's looking at him being like. Like there's something off about you. There's like you're not as confident or cocky, or or maybe you're too cocky or too confident. Like you're not Peter Parker. Like maybe that's no, what that is. And no, no, I think it's a visual know. thing. But what Literally, say, it's not him. <laughs> it's not no, There's no doubt in my mind. In this movie, Doc Ock is a good guy, and he's going to be the mentor. Tony Stark in the first one, <laughs> Mysterio in the second one, yeah. and now it's Doc Ock. That's we all absolutely... thought it was going to be Doctor Strange. It's going to be Doc Ock. Well, do you know what? I've said it before on the podcast. I'm going to say it again. I don't think it's Doctor Strange in this film. And I'm going to, I've said it before. I reckon Mephisto. People have pointed the finger at Mephisto many times. Most recently, <laughs> like One Division. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, no, it, everything. It's always Mephisto. It's always Mephisto. Falcon first... Winter Soldier, Mephisto. <laughs> That first trailer, when Strange was distracted and he messed up the spell, I don't buy it. I do not buy it. Strange, who he is as a person, a perfectionist, highly intelligent, he can withstand Parker talking at him. There's no way he messed it up. I don't buy it. Do not buy it. That is somebody else pretending to be strange. Oh, we'll wait we'll and see. see. I guess um, we'll see, yeah. A couple of weeks. We don't have long to wait. But, yeah, I reckon 
it, it could end up being very, very messy. But regardless, it's going to be a good, fun time at the movies. I think the film is going to be good. I just, it's just a shame. And we've said it that Tom Holland as Peter Parker, Spider Man, can't just be the only hero of his story. And potentially, he's not only going to be the only Spider Man. But we'll have to wait and see. That's the thing. I just, just let it be, just let it be him. It's, it's all, I mean, there's that big moment in the trailer with, you know, Doctor Strange is all like, you know, it's purple. The scars are purple. It's like they're all coming through. I can't stop them. Like, what is he referring to? More villains, <laughs> more characters. Um, I don't know. The Star Wars universe. Who the hell knows? Like, or is it, you know, like, is it more Spider Man? There's, there's things obviously like worrying me. But I think you, you're probably, you're probably right. Like, with the Doc Ock situation, like, there's scenes in this, in this trailer where it's like, you know, Peter and, and his and his mates, you know, they're talking to Doc Ock. And I guess they're obviously, you know, once they have their initial fight, it's going to be a case of, you know, is the No Way Home referring to all these characters, all these villains, you know, they, they've been plucked from somewhere and they need to get back, but they can't. They're working with Doc Ock, you know, because he's not necessarily the worst guy out there. Yeah, I it's going to be, it's going to be thick. I don't, I don't think is a villain at all. And even if it's the exact same Doc Ock, where we left him in Spider-Man 2, he didn't die a villain. He died a hero. Yeah, yeah, trying to, obviously, he sacrificed himself and all that. But it's, that's why, again, I'm thinking they're variations of previous interpretations, which is, I guess, a very loose multiverse kind of thing. It just, it's just, it gets messy. We recently reviewed Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and... If people have not seen it, we don't want to spoil it. But when you, you're just cherry-picking what you are and aren't going to use. So, I mean, how many MCU films are we talking at this point? 25, 26? Something like that, yeah. yeah. That's a lot of films to be across. And there's the TV shows on Disney+. Plus To watch all those things, okay, so I've seen all of them, I've got a handle. Or just so you know, it's pretty relevant that you watch... Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films. Oh, okay. So I need to be across those as well. Oh, you know those Mark Webb Spider-Man films? Check them out as well. Lizard, Electro, it's all there for you. It just, it makes it bigger and it's already big. It's already covering so much ground. Mm. Well, I mean, what do you, what did you think of, I, I did find this interesting, the, like the idea of like, the, I guess what they're hinting at as the reason why these characters are popping up is like because they're they're ghosts they're all characters who have died at the hand of spider-man or they are going to and to me i mean that just tells me i'm like man like spider-man kills a lot of people like damn but there's maybe there's an interesting sort of story element there and then something to sort of look at where it's like i, I don't know i mean that's what the trailers show me there's i mean it, maybe. it is but that's the big difference between film and comic books. Like a comic is always going to want to tell another story the next month and the month after that. It's an ongoing story. Movies, like you look at Tim Burton's Batman, Joker dies at the end. It's okay. We don't need the Joker around for years. We just needed him for this one film. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, Green Goblin dies at the end. I'm sure people listening have seen those films by now without to give a spoiler <laughs> warning. But just well, not me, though. It's, it's what happens in films. Villains tend to die. 
oh yeah, look, I, I don't actually have any problem with the fact that Spider-Man has killed a lot of uh, a lot of his foes in these movies. But I, I just thought it was like an interesting sort of it. It is sort of line is, to sort but, of put in there, like. It is interesting, but it's a big difference worth noting from the comics is a character that I do not kill. Unless he's in the movies. <laughs> Unless it's in the movie. I kill them all. Except for Sandman. He didn't kill Sandman. But, yeah, it is what it is. Did he kill Lizard? I forget. Doesn't matter. I don't remember him surviving. Anyway, that was Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home. And I think we were both in the same boat where we're like, shall we watch it or not? And you were the one that pointed out, well, would you rather just have it spoiled or watch it in the moment and have it be revealed? And I'm like, ordinarily, mm. I wouldn't have watched this trailer. And I think you're the same. But because we're so on tenterhooks that something's going to get spoiled, like if I'm going to be spoiled, I'm going to spoil it for myself. I'm not just going to see a screenshot or a headline online. So we both watched this trailer. I was so happy not to see... Or the Spider-Man, I really was. Just before we move, I mean, I agree. I agree with that. Just before we move on, though, when we post this episode, the one that we're currently speaking in, um, tickets for this movie would have already gone on sale. There is a chance, I'm thinking maybe a third final trailer might be released. I mean, it would have been the 29th of November, which would have passed now, if you are listening to this. There could already be a third trailer out. And then I guess... This is confusing my brain because we are not actually there yet um, at this time of recording. I'll just get to the point. I don't know if I'm watching that third one, but then I guess the same th- sort of idea. I'm going to. Mind, we're same, going to have to, I think. We're same logic. Yeah. Same logic, yeah. I'd much rather just see the trailer unfold than just see a headline or a screenshot. Yeah. It, Again, fingers crossed. Just don't it's just, bring the Spider-Man in. Just don't do it. It's just unfortunate that we're we feel as though we have to. And this is the position we're going to get put in as fans. I we just, just go offline for, a, for the next four weeks, <laughs> three weeks. I mean, uh, it's not long. I know. I, no, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to manage our social media pages. I, I can't. Let's just. Let's just go on holiday. Let's just put a banner up that says, yeah, on holiday. And then in two weeks' time, movie show, you'll be like, so what have we got to talk about? And I'll be like, I've got nothing. Absolutely <laughs> nothing. But well, here's our Spider-Man No, no Way Home review. <laughs> yes. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, it's we're, just we're two weeks. Wow. We're on hiatus until that Spider-Man review comes in. Is that doable? <laughs> go offline for two weeks? We'd have to come up with the answer right away. Let's move on to <laughs> our next trailer. DC League of Super Pets. The new trailer features significant redesigns for several Justice League heroes. Cyborg's got a big throw. We're going to redesign a Batman, although close to the classic look. This, I mean, this movie isn't about the Justice League, but they're going to feature in, in some form. But it's about the pets, and I didn't realise until this trailer we're going to start with Crypto the Superdog, voiced by Dwayne Johnson, which I love, by the way. John Krasinski voicing Superman. And then you've got all these other pets that there's a meteorite or a gem or something that is going to give them powers similar to the Justice League. Ace the Bat Hound, voiced by Kevin Hart. 
this movie looks like a lot of fun. We get a bit of the John Williams Superman theme. I mean, this is definitely a movie not aimed at us. I mean, I've got to be honest, even without kids, I would have checked it out at some point. But having two young kids, like this will be excellent. The three of us to go and watch at the movies. Looks fun. I mean, you know, I'm I'm easily pleased with like colorful cartoon characters and stuff like that. Yeah, this this looks delightful. This looks like a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I didn't know much of. I mean, besides crypto, I know nothing of like sort of super pets. I guess as a as a thing, but um. I like how, you know, in Australia, it, it shows that it's like it's just a bunch of random other normal animals that just get sort of caught up in it. And then it's like, okay, cool. So we get to sort of see them dealing with the fact that it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're dogs and cats and all these other animals that like now have powers. It's like, oh, cool, cool. I see. We're going to have fun here. Um, yeah. In a way, it's, it's Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart doing their thing, which, you know. And, and they do it well. Scene in the, they do it well in this trailer, just like in Jumanji, where like Dwayne Johnson throws Kevin Hart out of a helicopter. He throws what was that dog's called? That dog called Ace. He throws him. Yeah, uses him as the shield. It's like, oh, well, there you go. Like that's you know, classic Dwayne Johnson beating up uh, Kevin Hart. I love it, it. Really is. It's the, it's their dynamic. Now the differences are so in in the comics there is like superhero counterpart, like animal counterparts. You've got Streaky, the super cat, who is Supergirl's pet. She's also got Comet, the super horse. They're not in this film. But Ace, the bat hound, is. In the comics, though, he's a dog. I think he's a great Dane. And he's Bruce Wayne's dog. Batman Beyond, the animated series, Ace is in that series. But this is the first time I've known Ace to have superpowers. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. But it um, looks like was like a good movie, and again, yeah, like, yeah, like John Krasinski yeah, the, voicing Superman—that's excellent. Yeah. And did what I like. I like the designs that they've got of of, of these characters. You, know, you said like they're all sort of been like retooled, like sort of like new sort of things. Like I like you know the Superman. He has like this big head. It's like you know really big sort of top half, and then he slims down. Like I like it. Like cartoony enough to still like to be fun but not like just silly yeah and yeah throwing like you mentioned the john williams music and i'm I'm assuming we're gonna get other sort of Mm. iconic old school hopefully all just like you know the danny elfman's and the john williams and the yeah yeah and all of that like hopefully all of those but dc do this well whether it's lego batman team titans go to the movies Mm. Now, it's super animated pets. comedy. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're into it as well. That's good because we um, I'm on board, man. I'm on we board. may review it then because again, I will <laughs> be watching this movie anyway. Well, we did spend a lot less on that than Spider-Man: No Way Home, but that's okay. That's okay. That's it for <laughs> trailer talk, and now on to movie news. All right, how's this? Disney is set to spend an additional $8 billion on streaming content in 2022. Um, this will increase the budget from $25 billion to $33 billion. I mean, as 
Disney Plus subscribers. This is great news for us. Yeah, just wait for the price increase, I reckon. Then we'll Ooh. be then we'll be a bit sore. But you remember their first year and we were like, what have we got? One season of Mandalorian and that Jeff Goldblum show. Yes. <laughs> and a oh, whole bunch some, of like some other things. things, kind of. But that second year, Noel, wow. your favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> Noel. <laughs> the oh, Lady and the Tramp, the live action movie. Yeah, Trump, no. Yes. They didn't have too much that first year. But keep in mind, though, that they, they launched in November. So come December, mm. they didn't have a great deal. But we've got Mandalorian. That was one of the first shows. But that but second now, you know, year, it's, it's... the second year, they really, really took off. I mean, yeah, I mean, we got a price hike from year two to year three, but it's still great value. And But that, that is an insane amount of money. I'm pretty sure that's more than Netflix. I think Netflix is definitely behind them on that. But, I mean, it's Disney. They've got deep pockets, well, I mean, but... It's all yeah. the, like... They incorporated all the, the you know the 20th century, whether we call it Fox still or just 20th century studios. Obviously, it was Fox back then. Um, they incorporated all that. We've got like the more adult orientated content, whether in Australia, you know, like the addition of what we call it stars. But well, with that though, know, in the US, like, it's like Hulu and. But uh, I think they, I think they were separate. Hulu came first, and then they merged them. But for us though, having Star available, available, having Star available as part of Disney Plus like for the first two years. And when Star was first added, I didn't see a price hike there. It's only until going to the third year. Do you know it's... why I didn't see a price hike? Because like me, you paid for the yearly subscription, I but it did go up. Why. I know Yes. It, no, it, it did go up, but it did go up. It, yeah, no, it didn't. <laughs> yes, but we didn't feel it because we did the yeah, annual yeah, subscription. But I know for up. other people, for <laughs> all the people in this, it's caught up with us. But to be honest though, I mean, it's it's still really affordable. Like for me, it's in you know Australian dollars. It's gone from seven fifty a month to ten. That's okay. I'm more than okay paying that for Disney. That is yeah, hundred twenty bucks a a year. Like whatever for us rich folk. We now. Nah, I mean, I think my account they're trying to actually take my yearly payment like right now, and I'm like, I pay oh, all really? my other bills. Oh no, yeah, my no, days ago. It's still- it's still, yeah, mine was due a couple of days ago, but um, I, yeah, I'm a bit short this we, week. <laughs> hey, listen, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I mean, anyway, moving on, shall we? I'm decided, I'm decided. All my we money is need... tied up elsewhere. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, mine's been and gone. Marvel Studios, though, let's keep it Marvel. Scarlett Johansson as a new MCU project in the works as a producer, and it's not Black Widow related. There we go. Time to speculate. A couple of things there, though. <laughs> Time to speculate. Love it. There was a bit of an issue behind the scenes. With... I feel like we avoided talking about that we for the entire did. time. Of that drama. We did, yes. but it, it's been an, it's been and gone now. Like to do with you know COVID and and Black Widow streaming and all of that now resolved. And on the back of that, the Tower of Terror ride film adaption they're working on that she was due to starving that's back on track but as well as knowing she was back working with disney again now she's working with marvel i mean again i've got no idea what this could be but it's interesting i mean we literally could 
we could assume because I mean, if it's like a producer, she was, you know, she had a producer credit for Black Widow, which sort of made that whole issue even larger than it was because you know it wasn't just an actress in a role. It was you know she had involvement in, well, she had she had a dog in that fight in terms of like financial benefits and stuff like that. But I mean, moving forward, if she's you know in a producer role for whatever's to come, it could be. We could sit here and speculate. She could li- literally could be anything. It could be like just pick a random, you know. Oh, they're, they're doing Daredevil again. It could be that. Like they're doing, I don't know, some random obscure Marvel property thing. Could be that. Oh, I mean, yes, it could be oh, absolutely it could be. everything. But it's just worth noting that she was having a bit of a hard time at one time, and <laughs> moving and on. Now- Resolve behind closed doors yeah. for an undisclosed amount and maybe some uh, <laughs> projects thrown in there as well. All but good. In some capacity, again. she's working <laughs> with Marvel Studios. Yes. Maybe I. Maybe that you know they were talking about what what was the like the the female Avengers sort of like team up sort of film. They were thinking of something like that. Like, wasn't there a name for that? I forget what it was. In the comics, they had A Force. A Force, I'll do it, yeah. Which was like, it was, I think, a play on X Force for X Men, A Force, Avengers, and then Valkyrie, various other characters. Could be a few things like that. And obviously, her character wouldn't be in it. So, but she could be, I guess, still involved. That was actually, that would be kind of nice if they were doing that. Like, she'd be involved in the, you know, the female superhero team movie. Not that that movie is needed, I don't think, but if they're going to do it, yeah, she will have some... That'll be nice for her. Honestly, a story centred around pure speculation. <laughs> it's dangerous. Because, because, oh, well, I was going to say we could maybe move on to a more concrete story. Well, I've got I've got casting news for Blade. I've got for Blade here. Delroy Lindo is joining the cast of Marvel Studios Blade. Lindo will star opposite Mahesha Ali in the new film, though the exact nature and identity of his role is as yet unconfirmed. If you were to guess, we, I was just, just I, we, we've just moved on from speculation. <laughs> wow. That so would have been nothing. That would have been a good speculation segue. I mean my mind goes to one character, one character only, Whistler. I mean, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm looking at the you know the age of of this man. That works. I mean, he literally could be anything. And the Marvel Studios and uh, you know they're well known for putting you know really big, talented, caliber actors in sort of small roles. You know, take like Glenn Close for instance in you know Guardians of the Galaxy. This one? one, the first one. Yep. You know, just a, a quick small thing. She was there. Did a part. It could just be some of that. Or is this a starring substantial role? Do we know that at least? Is this a big sort of role? All we know at this time is the second cast member to be added. So it literally could be. It could even anything. be a villain. You know, just on Glenn Close, though, do you know she's filmed new scenes as part of the guardians of the galaxy theme park ride she's reprised her role wow so there must be like a um uh like a nova core kind of element to it or something I'm yeah guessing. galaxy yeah guardians of the galaxy ride and yeah anyway blade 
It could be Whistler, could be a baddie, could be somebody else completely. If you're unfamiliar with Delroy Lindo, he's a British actor, he's an older guy, and most recently appeared in the Netflix Western, The Harder They Fall. There you go. But more than likely, Whistler. (laughs) If you were to choose or put money on it, would you say Whistler? I would, yeah. I think he'd, yeah. I'd like him as a a mentor to Blade. That would be pretty cool. Would you prefer him as like a villain, someone to go toe-to-toe with him? I feel like they're the two options for him, but I I like him as Whistler. But do you know what? I don't even know if Blade always had a Whistler in the comics. That could just be a film thing. Oh, yeah, maybe. This is the problem when we get into like characters we didn't grow up reading. (laughs) We know nothing else. So I feel as though we should just move on. Once again, once again, yep. Not only is Mel Gibson starring in Lethal Weapon 5, he's also directing it. I believe it when I see it. (laughs) Hey, this film has been happening for a very long time and is still happening. The move comes after the project was put in limbo when director Richard Donner, who'd helmed all the Weapon movies, since their inception in 87, died in July of this year. So got put on hold. At one point, original actors, director was going to be back. But I guess if anybody was going to make a fifth entry, Mel Gibson. He's been there from the beginning. I mean, Say what you want about Mel Gibson. Obviously, you know, he does have a checkered um, sort of uh, personal life and other other things. The man is a hell of a director. So, I mean, a Lethal Weapon movie directed by Mel Gibson. Like, screw it. Sign me up. Sign me up because I just want to see that and how that unfolds. The other hand, though, is that, you know, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover. They are like, are they officially too old for all of this shit? Well, Danny Glover was too old for all this shit in '87, so who knows? (laughs) (laughs) You know, will they get? You know, he Murtar said that line in one, two, and three. In the fourth one, Riggs and Murtar said, "We're too old (laughs) for this shit," and I feel like. I love these films and I watched the first two seasons of the TV show. I didn't stick around for Sean William Scott, but I love Lethal Weapon. And I remember in the 90s, I think 97, watching Lethal Weapon 4 at the cinema, the only Lethal Weapon film I'd seen at the cinema. And it was a great experience. And I felt like they ended it. They absolutely ended it. And they showed behind the scenes pictures from previous movies. They had the song, Why Can't We Be Friends? You got the bit <laughs> with Joe Pesci. He's got the, the bit at the funeral. He's talking about the turtle. It was, it was lovely that they were, they were a family. And I feel like it was a good ending for the franchise. I, I guess that raises the question, like, uh, why... Would they need? I mean, no movie needs to be made. Let's be honest. But I mean, like in this instance, truly, why would they need to do a fifth one and undo all of that magic and and you know, do it again? Like, I mean, 
Mel Gibson can, no offense, Danny Glover, like Mel Gibson can probably pull it off. I don't know. How's Danny Glover? I mean, the last time I saw Danny Glover was in like that Jumanji film. But I mean, I guess he was playing. He was yes. playing old. So, he right. you know, I'm assuming he doesn't look, he's not like that. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they, they could just be cops like, you know, like they could be like chief chiefs or I don't know what's like captains and stuff like that of the you know the police department or retired maybe one of them's like a detective investigator who knows and then sometimes like they're just caught in this situation where they have to be shooting guns and doing things where normally it's just it's it's a worry isn't it It, it's like it's a worry it's a Beverly Hills Cop but the creative shield he shot a pilot and Axel Foley was the captain and he stayed behind at the station. And now they're talking about doing Beverly Hills Cup 4 for Netflix. And same thing again, it's Captain Foley. He's not necessarily the one that's going out there. Mm. And that would be a worry. I don't want to see a lethal weapon film where Riggs and Murtaugh are behind the desk and there's new cops and they and you're following them. Yeah. On their adventures. If they were like, if they were behind the desk, but then they suddenly they get caught in a situation where they are out there, and then that's the that's the conflict for the movie because it's like on a day to day, that's not what they're doing anymore. But now they're doing it, and they're back, and they have to because of whatever's happening. Cool. That that makes sense, and it doesn't it does. make sense that they're still just cops doing what they've been doing. It, it doesn't make sense. They would have retired or, you know, like something, it will at least progressed. Think of the name of the movie. That is Riggs. He is the lethal weapon. Mm, so, mate, yeah. It, it, is he, yeah. how lethal can he be? As old man Riggs. <laughs> Maybe he's like tried to bury it and then suddenly it's like, I'm lethal again. Like I'm out. I'm cutting loose. I mean, imagine him now, and he's doing the, you know, he's doing the stunt where he dislocates his shoulder in the middle of the precinct. You'd be like, someone like, helped that old like, man. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. It's not as impressive. Like you know, he's, you know, he's lost his mind. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, someone lock him up because, yeah, now he, he needs he needs some pills. Not. Well, you know what? If they if they make this movie. Opening weekend, I'm there. After all of that, because I love Lethal sure. Weapon and the, the characters. I I know I know he's not the, like uh, one of the OG ones, but Joe Pesci will. You reckon they could get him back? Whatever you want, whatever <laughs> you want. Leo gets. He's got to be in it. He's been there, there since. He's been there since two. Mm. Three movies. He's 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 quite. He was in all three of the you know. Two, three, four, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. But seeing the third okay. one, he's got his peroxide blonde hair and he's trying to sell Murtaugh's house. Right. Yeah. And it's weird. Yeah. So good, yeah. though. Yeah. Brilliant. All good. I think the third one might be the one I'm seeing the least. I might have only seen it once. <laughs> I like all four. The first one's a classic. Second of one's course. really good. And yeah, I like all of them. I do. No, but they were. Anyway. Um, Speaking of old movies that are coming back and doing things, I don't know, there's something there. Um, Harry Potter, 20th century, what? Century? No, Harry Potter, 
20th anniversary return to Hogwarts. What is this about? Is it a new movie? No. Um, but Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, Rupert Grint, and cast members from all eight Harry Potter movies will reunite for a retrospective special. This will stream New Year's Day on HBO Max. Who knows where we'll get it here? Maybe binge, just like that Friends reunion thing that we got. I mean, that's probably the best sort of comparison. I I would say people know what this is about. I would say binge. I would absolutely say binge. Mm-hmm. Remember, and it was last movie show with trailer talk. We're discussing eight bit Christmas. It was a HBO Max original movie in the US and saying, wouldn't it be good if that got a release on binge here in Australia and skip cinemas? Mm. And it's absolutely what happens. I just say friends reunion. More often than not, HBO Max content is on binge. I reckon that's where this Harry Potter special will land. Um, the question for you is, I know you're not the biggest Potterhead at all, but I do know that you very recently started watching them. I don't know if you finished them all yet or you're still working through them. Yeah, working through them. Got to the, I watched one, two, three. And then we thought, because they do get a bit scarier and they jump from, I think, being a PG to an M. So we thought it best for our four-year-old to wait, but she's the one that wants to get back into it. So we're going to probably carry on with Harry Potter, maybe in time for this anniversary special. Oh, geez, better. I mean, you better hurry. It's, it is this it is this New Year's Day, right? Like those in like a month and a bit away. Yeah, we've got Christmas from now until yeah. then. We've got holidays. We've got time to just sit and watch. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They do get pretty dark. They get so dark that I'm pretty sure like they just become black and white at some point. Like there's just mm-hmm. no color. Like there's just no color. Um, but this is pretty exciting. I mean, I know a lot of people. You know, there's been rumors about like, Christopher Columbus saying, you know, like, let's do that. You know, like that that cursed child thing which was that stage play thing where we caught up with the characters you know years later when they were older um people have been wanting you know like get the cast back let's do a a real harry potter movie again none of this fantastic beats rubbish they're fine the movies are fine um i think this is the next best thing like it's a it's a good time for it 20 years um it'll be really nostalgic you know like it i mean and i assume there'll be a few tear-jerking moments for like you know some of the actors that um, you know, have since passed and all of that. So I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be an emotional ride and stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. You know what, though, like if this is a hit, and no doubt, you know, I mean, this is going to be watched by many. This could be the catalyst for maybe them looking at bringing the cast back and doing the Cursed Child. Chris Columbus, who directed that first Harry Potter film, he's shown a lot of interest recently in directing. Mm. Cursed Child with the original cast. Yeah. Who knows? Awareness could, be, could be the could be the way to do it. Well, that's it for movie news. Now on to TV news. Natasha Lou Bordizzo has been cast as Sabine Wren in Ahsoka. She will star alongside Rosario Dawson in the new live-action Star Wars series. I got you, I'm not familiar with with this lady. This, <laughs> with this actor. This is a character from Star Wars Rebels. Yes. 
cool. Well, you fill us in. Does this actress seem to match the character or have the potential to do so? I mean, okay, two things. I'm not familiar <laughs> with the actor. And okay. it's a green alien. So I guess we'll have to wait and wait and see. <laughs> so she doesn't have she green or blue? She's green. The character she doesn't have is the green. actress does not have have green skin already no but i'm sure the show mm-hmm. could do that for her but i mean again it's less about the actress and more the character because we're already getting ahsoka a star wars character that first appeared in animation and now live action with rosario dawson and it's all canon it all matters and i like this direction so we're going to get mandalorian book of boba fett Ahsoka, a couple of characters from Rebels. It's good news. For sure. It is good news for Star Wars fans. I thought I needed a little bit of context. So just live on air right now, I've just Googled the character. Uh, Not green-skinned. She looks very human-like. Oh! Oh, Do we my. have a different character in mind? Were you thinking? Of oh my someone? goodness! Yes, I'm absolutely thinking and, of someone. And this else. character has, I mean, yeah, an Asian appearance, I, I guess. And the actress is an Asian-looking chick, so yeah, do her hair up. She could do it. Purple hair. A more easy done. Professional <laughs> podcast. We'll just redo this whole story. <laughs> or. You could just keep it in. Yes. Okay. Wow. That is embarrassing. Admittedly, it's a while since I've seen my, I was going to say Mandalorian, a while since I've seen Star Wars Rebels, but she wears Mandalorian armor. There we go. That's who Sabine is. Yes. She's humanoid. So, what do you yeah. know? A more professional podcaster probably would have looked into the character beforehand. So I actually knew what I was talking about here for you. So, look. It's all good. <laughs> no, in all honesty, I guess maybe Ahsoka being alien, and it's been a while since I watched Rebels. Sabine Ben, yeah, that's a that's a mistake. Um, what else <laughs> we got to talk about this episode? Well, let's let's talk about. That I one. actually actually before you do, I'm so glad you looked that up. That would have been horrendous if that's how the story <laughs> was reported. So wrongly, pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, so yes, the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse um, gets greenlit for a second season on Disney Plus. This is a bit a uh, bit left field in terms of what I guess what we normally sort of talk about. We aren't really talking about the latest Mickey Mouse project. We actually talked about the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse being a show in the first place. In my Get house, out of here. yay! <laughs> no, we did. In my house, Mickey Mouse is wow. a big deal. And there was that animated series, it was just called Mickey Mouse, and it was excellent. It played a lot like a Looney Tunes cartoon, and they are available on Disney Plus. And then, and, and there's other Mickey Mouse cartoons, but aimed younger, like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. There's a new one, mm. Mickey Mouse Funhouse. And, you know, my kids can watch them and get something out of it, but it's not for me. Whereas The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, it's a show that kids and adults together can sit down and enjoy. So I'm pleased it's getting a second season. It's a good show. Probably just 
in a way implied he did not enjoy Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. It's like preschool. It's a kid show. Too kiddy. <laughs> Too kiddy. Hey, there's there's things to enjoy. There's quality there. Yeah, no, I, I'm joking aside. Honestly, um, very the, painful. Very painful to watch now. The world. Watch every episode like four times. <laughs> the world of Mickey Mouse is excellent. When your little one gets to that age, you'll appreciate it. I, I've already got him watching like I don't know all sorts like the Paw Patrols and the like things with actual story. Cool. Paw Patrol. Where are all the people? Why are the puppies? Anyway, it's a That's it's a thing. People. I know, but they're not emergency services, though. Surely, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying like like why like Power Rangers? Like we don't need emergency services. We've got Power Rangers. Yeah, it's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing, but I'm not going to get into it. It's not <laughs> absolutely not the same thing. Anyway. Uh, How I Met Your Father announces January 18th, 2022 premiere date. Talks about this before, Hulu in the US, assuming it's going to be star here in Australia. Uh, but we talked about it being a show that was coming. Kim Cattrall had been cast as the older Hilary Duff character doing the narrating. And now we've got a premiere date. Knowing you're a fan yeah. of that original show, thought it worth noting. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, cheers. Um, I mean, all I can say is, cool, that's fairly soon. It's essentially next month. There's a couple of um, images online, like official images of the cast together. So, yeah, it's very close to happening. It's all, it's all very real. Um, so, yeah, no, cool. Good stuff. Um, look, Ridley Scott. He's been saying things, but one good thing he's been saying, or maybe it's good, maybe it's not, um, he has confirmed that a live-action Blade Runner TV series is in development. He has been saying things, hasn't he? He has, he has. <laughs> and, yeah. Out of curiosity, yeah. though, have you watched House of Gucci? <laughs> no. Neither I've been I. on my phone too much. I've been on my phone too much. We are part of the problem he's talking <laughs> about. But, yes. He's saying that Blade Runner is coming to TV. I think he's looking short for maybe 10 episodes, but they're also looking to, be- to develop a Alien TV series. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. It's, it's, it's strange. You know, like Blade Runner has its audience. <laughs> Look, I, I tried. I tried to watch it. It's, it's just... It's, Do you know what? I, it's, it's I've not seen different. it. I've not seen it. And you know You've why? Before. Yeah, but the reason that. why, though, there's so many versions. And <laughs> which one do you watch? That's the, that's the thing, because depending yeah. who I ask, they tell me a different version. I just don't know. And then when I say, oh, well, maybe I'll just go and watch the original theatrical court, and people will say, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, just, I just don't know then. Because that, that's, that's usually your baseline. Let me just do theatrical and then I can get experimental and see what else is out there. But when fans of Blade Runner say, no, don't watch that one, check this one out. Watch the final cut. Anyway, yeah. Still not seeing it. Yet. Still like, not seeing it. With Blade Runner, like, and even, you know, the, the, the 2049, you know, like that proof that, you know, people have said that's a really good movie. And it's like, cool. No, like, I, I believe you. 
didn't watch it and a lot of people also did not watch it does this ip actually have legs for more like i just don't know who, who besides you know the hardcore fans and the you know th- that following of i don't know who really actually wants this and everyone soon... else is too busy on their phones watching venom <laughs> <laughs> and there's soon to be a blade runner animated series as well it's not coming to netflix it's, who seems to have a lot of mm. animated spin-offs at the moment you mentioned alien as well it's like you know like they're continuously trying to bring alien back and you know like whether it's in a movie that's not quite alien but you know it is again it's like it's not it doesn't have that same mark that, that you know that imprint that it does you know, at least the first two alien movies had ever since then it's been sort of dwindling no wonder Ridley Scott's pissed off, man. Like, he's, <laughs> oh, he's so annoyed. His properties just aren't what they are. And when he does something new, it doesn't quite land. But enough of that, I guess. Earthworm Jim is coming back for a new animated series 25 years after his first cartoon concluded. The concept of Earthworm Jim is ridiculous. He's an earthworm that finds a robotic humanoid suit and goes on space adventures. I watched the cartoon, but more importantly, I had the video game for the Mega Drive. Loved that game. Such a good game. So the idea that I'm going to try and bring it back, I can get on board with that. And it was the voice of Homer Simpson, wasn't it? Voicing Earthworm Jim. Oh, was it Dan Kesselanetta? That's that him. Pronounce his name. That's him. Apparently, originally it was going to be Matt Frewer, but he came in as a side character, and they went, "Yeah, no, let's use him instead." <laughs> Homer Simpson is better. Do you know what? Um, I, I got to admit, I I know of Earthman Jim, and I remember him being a presence, and I, I even remember that game, the one that you're talking about. I never really watched it, though. Maybe it just wasn't on. Like, you know, back when we only had like three TV stations, um, maybe it just wasn't airing when I had access to television. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely remember watching the cartoon, but it's the game for me. It's all about Same the game. You. Yeah, just great. Just yeah, high concept, sci-fi. And with this animated series, they're looking at introducing a lot of new characters as well. And they've even put some like concept art online as well. So it'll just be just like wacky, more wacky adventures, I'm guessing. If that was what the show was. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you you've yeah. seen something of the game, and yeah, yeah, mm. wacky is probably a good description. I mean, it is pretty. I mean, just the premise is pretty insane. Um, not as insane as Power Rangers, though. Already mentioned them. Did I mention them more than once already? At least once. Um, At least once. Always, always. The end of the FN world creator Jonathan uh, Enwistle confirms he's developing new projects within the Power Rangers universe for Netflix. My first question, what is the Power Rangers universe? What's... Is it like a cinematic universe? Is it... Honestly, I... I mean, this is it. I mean... The difference between cinema and streaming. So this, like, basically, Netflix is going to be the home of Power Rangers. So when we say 
you know, is it a cinematic universe? I mean, they don't even need to use that, really. If they're talking about a shared Power Rangers universe, what are they going to do on Netflix, TV, film, a shared continuity, but also they're going to aim at doing kids' content, which may be out of continuity. So Netflix is very much going to be the home of Power Rangers, I guess similar to Paramount Plus being the home of Star Trek, where you're going to get Star Trek, Discovery, Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks is currently on Prime here in Australia, but no doubt that's going to go to Paramount Plus as well. And then you've got the Nickelodeon cartoon Prodigy. I think that's what they're looking to do with Power Rangers on Netflix. Different content, you're going to get different showrunners, but maybe he's maybe this guy is going to be the Kevin Feige of Power Rangers, but it's all going to be Netflix content. Some older, some younger. That all makes complete sense and then and a perfect comparison, I'd say. The, the lingering question, though, would be, you know, obviously we there's pretty much been a Power Rangers season of television pretty much every year since, you know, like Western audiences got, got Power Rangers. Um, would all of that that's been established, is that part of the Power Rangers universe? Or Because sometimes, like, the canon there, sometimes, it, you know, the continuity gets reset. Sometimes it is the same continuity. I, it depends I would, what episode you're watching on whatever day of the week it is. I would um, say that Netflix are going to be paying quite a bit for this. And to be the home of Power fresh. Rangers, start again, similar to what they tried to do with the movie from a few years ago, which, you know, watching that reboot film at the cinema, and then it was quite a while later, I revisited it, watching it, funny enough, on Netflix. Uh-huh. Second time around, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed that that reboot yeah, movie. It was a really good setup for for more stuff. Like I, I think they could have done good stuff. So I I agree. If if that's the if that's the angle they're going with, like, hey, we're just gonna start fresh. Um, I'm all for it because like every time they release a new season of Power Rangers, I'm like, I oh, I could jump back into it and see how it is, but like every time it's just so shit. <laughs> Just, it's just they're so not in like a like hey this is aimed for kids but it's still like you know like a, a cartoony bubbly sort of cut like literally an animation nothing like that it's it's like no it's it's a live action like really bad kids show and i'm just like oh no it's just it's, it's not working but if they reinvent it like that movie but for television and they do some pretty deep stuff with it i'm all for it i get it doesn't have to be dark and gritty and like you know for adults but serious enough that it's like safe for kids to sort of enjoy without being traumatized but also that you know like adult fans can actually jump into and be like hey i'm not embarrassed to say i'm watching this and enjoying it." yeah back when i was nine or ten mighty morphin power rangers that was right for me at that age when I look at what Power Rangers are doing now in all those series that are followed on from you're right it's not taking a break they're still doing that same thing. My interests have moved on. Hmm. So it's it's not for us anymore. So it would be interesting if this guy's going to come on board and do something with a more modern appeal. I imagine if obviously they are starting fresh, doing their own sort of continuity and, and stuff like that. And then again, hopefully with that a little bit better, like a little bit higher maturity level. I mean, 
go back to like I guess that Mighty Morphin mythology and those characters and do something you know reinvent that sort of thing much like they did with that like the film recent movie yeah. and in the comics Boom Studios that's what they're doing yeah, successfully yeah. now because that's sort of branching off and going into like weird sort of directions but it's all sort of one thing and well they they do mighty morphin power rangers which is essentially a sequel comic but then they also do go go power rangers which is the early adventures of the power rangers right okay and then there's all all like crazy stuff with like i don't know what is it like draken there's like tommy but Uh, tommy from a different universe where the white ranger went bad and sounds crazy (laughs) let's do it let's go there yeah, there's, there's so much story that came after Mighty Morphin ended, whether it be in books, comics, or whatever, that they could go back and they could do something with that. So I'm, I'm hopeful. It would be pretty cool, like Netflix originals, Power Rangers. And then they could have, like, different interpretations of some of the, like, villains we get later on in, like, different seasons, you know, like, but within the same. Oh, it could be, oh, man, it could be fun. Speaking of Netflix, though, Netflix has given a straight-to-series order for Blockbuster, a new workplace comedy starring Randall Park. Now, let me say, before I knew it was a show called Blockbuster, what it was going to be about, all I saw in the headline, Randall Park, comedy, Netflix. And I'm like, I am in. And then... When finding out that what it's actually about, I'm even more in. Yeah, like the subject matter. The ensemble comedy takes place at the last blockbuster video in America with the 10-episode series exploring what it takes and who it takes for a small business to succeed at all odds. Now, I used to work at a blockbuster video store, but not only that, just video stores in general. I love them and I miss them. I I really do. It is so convenient having streaming, but nothing beats just walking up and down the aisles yeah. in a video store. I really I really miss it. So the combination of the actor and the concept, I'm I'm completely for it. I'm I'm there with you as well. I mean, I I never worked in a video store, but I definitely frequent frequented them often. And you'd like you're like. The way it is now, like, of course, it's the better way, 100%. But there is something, I mean, yeah, there's something about those Friday nights, Saturday nights where, you know, a couple of mates would go down and, and pick something or, or spend too long trying to pick something or pick a few things and you couldn't, trying to get the weekly deals and just picking up rubbish and then the distant work and there's a whole thing. Um, but, <laughs> but it's fine. I would have, I mean, I would have been happy to, to take this as, um, it's just set in a in a video store, set in a blockbuster. I would have been like, oh, that's cool. The fact is that they're actually it's taking place in the last blockbuster video store, which is still open, right? Like that, it hasn't closed so, yeah. yet. The yeah, last one. So I mean, it, it essentially set in say modern times, present day. Like there it is. All I'm asking though, I feel like they should at least mention in the show. They should at least mention the second last. Blockbuster video store. Ah, you talk about the one in Morley, Perth, Western Australia. Yes, yes, which I think, I mean, if they had just held out, they would have had to hold out for a while, but come on, the second, the second wow. last Blockbuster store. If they was here in, uh, 
Sunny Perth. Bloody. If they'd have held out, it would have been an Australian-based comedy. Oh, we came so close. <laughs> we I came... could be in the movie. I could be in the show instead of Randall Park. Come on. Could have filmed it here. It would have been amazing. I remember back in my hometown <laughs> when, like, and it was a big blockbuster. It's obviously not there anymore. I remember when it opened and the first VHS, new release movie that we rented as a family, The Nutty Professor, Eddie Murphy. Ah, oh, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Just walking the aisles of a blockbuster. Ah, oh. yeah, so this, this comedy sounds excellent. And again, Randall Park, he's often the best thing or one of the best things of anything he's in. He makes everything better. Well, that's it for TV news. And now on to our recommends. What I'm gonna what I'm gonna recommend is South Park post-COVID. Now, I thought this was going to be a movie, and I guess it it is or it will be. It ended up only being the first half or a part one of a two-part sort of movie kind of thing, split in half. I'm okay with that. It's fine. This first hour that we got of this, this latest South Park installment, which you can watch on Paramount Plus, amazing. Just amazing. Like we're like just straight back into it. I know we've talked about South Park recently, and uh, you know, you haven't watched for for a few years, but I've I've caught up and watched the you know pretty much well, I've caught up, I've caught up. Um over the past like I think maybe the latest season they had, and then they've done a couple, they did like the the COVID special and stuff like that. There's been this like ongoing sort of thing with Stan's dad, Randy, and like this um, this weed farm that he has. And that's sort of just been like this like ongoing joke, but it ties into like the COVID pandemic. Um, and in this, this movie, we're basically, we're jumping, well, it, it starts off basically when the COVID pandemic is pretty much over. So it's set like 30 years in the future. So the, all the characters are older um, and basically like they're, yeah, we're, it, it's interesting. It's sort of like a future, you know, when the Simpsons do like those future episodes and it's like, oh, look, they're old. And it's like, oh, there's all jokes about the future. I mean, Simpsons did it first, but like South Park's doing it now and uh, it's just really quite funny. And I think at the end of the day, they're knocking it out of the park again. Smart and funny. Super offensive, amazing. Okay, great. Sounds good. Good, yeah, cool. Get enthusiastic. Get, be, be enthusiastic. Cool. All right, I mean, what you got? <laughs> more than more than that, it's also my recommend. Oh, what? This has what? Never this has happened <laughs> in the history of the podcast. I've learning to the I've point where, as you were talking, I still heard you, but I stopped listening. So I'm trying to think. What else can I recommend? But oh, I put so much thought no. into it. And yeah, South Park post-COVID is, yeah, it's, it's my recommend. I was thinking, you know, all the different things. And I watched it today. Oh, and I've got to say, have because the thing is, right, and I've said on the podcast, when you've been talking about South Park before, I've not watched it in years. And you made a point of saying, you've not missed a season. And you still watch it now. So I'm thinking, well, maybe this could be a good in. And I've got to think, it's the plan over at Paramount Plus. And just the way the episode is structured, 
And as soon as it started, all the kids are older, like many years later. And they're all talking about going back to South Park. I was getting a... I was getting a Stephen King's It vibe about all the kids and adults having to go back. And I think I that's thought, what they were getting at. at the, at the and start. I just they moved I just, on from that. I thought if I was ever going to get back into South Park, it's going to be this movie because how how many movies like Trey Parker and Matt Stone they came out and said it was well, like, it's like 47 or something I don't know like I think 14. it was 14 14 <laughs> movies more seasons of the show and it was like something like 900 million like a, a ridiculous number hmm. and I thought okay so on the back of that deal maybe out of curiosity I'll go back and just check it out I mean this is a movie and all these movies Trey Parker has said they're going to be as long or as short as they need to be. And you, you've said it already. This, although a movie, is part one. It's to be continued at the end. He's like, ah, oh, I thought this was going to be a whole movie. But the runtime's an hour. But the reason why I recommended it, and you've said it already, it's really good. It's, 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 so good. it's very good. I had such a good time watching it but in my brain I, I was just like struggling with am i recommending a movie or a tv series <laughs> and it seems like it's a tv series but they're saying it's a movie and even the opening there's a gag about that like yeah i mean where where do you land are we, are we saying this is a movie or it's a part one Look, of a- i mean like I debated the same thing. I was like, maybe I shouldn't recommend it until the second part actually comes out. So then I can say I can recommend the two parts potentially as as the complete movie because it's it is just one half of it. But I mean, they're still saying this is an original movie. It's only fifty four minutes, whatever, and it yeah, is but, really yeah. one half of a of a of a story. But like I said, even though it's, I mean, even though it's the this works as a standard and you can, obviously you've just watched it with no other context except for you're familiar with the characters and obviously you understand what COVID is. <laughs> Besides that, that's all you've got. I mean, there is some lingering sort of continuity, like I said, over the past like major season I had and the COVID special they also had, which aired earlier this year. But besides, besides that, you know, like you can just go into it on its own but essentially uh, yeah, it is just another episode it is another episode but that's not a bad thing but it is it's a, a really good long episode it's a good entry point for someone who maybe has watched it or even hasn't watched it before the only thing that again i thought well i'm revisiting south park after all these years and when you got the today show and jimmy comes out my immediate thought is is this supposed to be jimmy fallon I mean, mm. clearly, I, afterwards, I'd be like, oh, okay, this is the character Jimmy I remember from the cartoon. But other than that, like, yeah, I was Stan, Stad. Yeah, Stan, yeah, Stan, Stad, all Randy. of that. Randy, I, I remembered those characters from, from before. Hanky the Christmas yeah. Pooh, I got that gag when he was on the toilet. See, it just... And it's just a poo. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, it worked, and and, and it was funny. And it, it was just really well well put together. And it's a good sign of things to come for Paramount Plus. I mean, they've just got Star Trek Discovery back and they're starting to slowly build their content now. But yeah, this this was good. And I'll definitely be checking out the next one. I'd say like if 
without without saying hey go back and just watch all of it if you just want to sort of get like a quick catch up on where we are and look normally south park you know one and done episodes that's it you know like it doesn't really matter what order you watch them in or whatnot but i think i can't remember what number c what season is but obviously it's the latest one watch the latest complete season just so you can get caught up on you know randy and integrity farms and all of that like commotion because they're sort of it's like the first time that South Park has like this continuity arc throughout the season. And then obviously with they had the COVID special, they had a Christmas special. I think that's within the season actually, but there's a COVID special. And then obviously this, they're like, there is like all the stuff about like Randy talking about like his time in China and all that, like that's been addressed already previously. So for you, that would have been like a revelation in the episode, but it's. Oh, it was all, that was all new, but you know what? I, I do think that this has been engineered in a way that if you've been away from South Park or you're just starting to watch it, this is your entry point. So what I'm going to because plan on is, doing... This is the start of the Paramount Plus it is. kind of era. Well, that's it. So yeah, you're right. That would, and that's why this works, yeah. When, when this was made available, Paramount Plus made every episode of South Park available. But what I'm going to do is from this moment on, watch all South Park. They've got me back on board, which kind of what they wanted to do. Not me specifically, but for people to start watching South Park again. So you'll watch everything going forward, but you won't go back? No. At all? Just one season. Just go back one season and watch the COVID special. I'm just, I'm, I just don't have time. <laughs> there's so much. There's so many streaming services. There is so many shows. Like, honestly. I mean, the the one season is only like thirteen episodes. Like you could do that once. It's just too many. <laughs> no, you can do it. Thirteen like twenty minute episodes. They're twenty minute episodes. Honestly, I am treating this special as ground zero. I will watch whatever comes after this. Okay. All right. Anyway, trivia. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Listen, just be impressed. I've gone back to watch South Park. I, I've not seen South Park in 15 to 20 years. Like it's been so long. But it was I'll you. That, it was you recommending how good the episodes have been. And this new special that got me back on board. Uh, but yeah, but then you ruined my recommend by recommending it as well. No, you didn't ruin it. You enhanced it because first time in our history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Duplicated a recommend. And I liked it. Yeah, I watched South Park and <laughs> and I liked it. But my trivia is not South Park based. It is Spider-Man 1977 based. I don't even know what that is. Okay. Yes, you <laughs> that, do. That's, that's one old, of the cartoons. The old no, 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 it's the the live action TV show from the 70s with Nicholas Hammond as Spider-Man. And you know, he's been very nice. vocal recently. About the No Way Home guys not approaching him to have a cameo as Peter Parker. It's a thing that he's been talking about. But something else that he talked about back in 2002 with SFX magazine, he said he was going to reprise the role of Peter Parker Spider Man in a TV movie that would have paired Spider Man with The Incredible Hulk. The film would have been distributed by Universal and Columbia Pictures for a 1984. Air date. Bill Bixby would have reprised his role 
of Dr. David Bruce Banner, as well as serve as the film's director, and Lou Ferrigno would reprise his role as the Incredible Hulk. Despite getting most of the crew members from both the Spider-Man and Hulk TV series involved and creating a new black costume from the comics, not quite Venom, but a black costume, mm-hmm. it got cancelled before it even <laughs> got off the ground. Uh, budget reasons were to blame. Well, there you go. So that's my that's my um, trivia. If you think back to the Incredible Hulk TV series, there's a couple of two-parters. The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, where Dr. Bruce or Dr. David Bruce Banner, his lawyer was Matt Murdock, and we got to see Daredevil, and there was an episode with Thor. So we did hey. get some Marvel Comics crossovers in that show. But yeah, apparently in 84, we could have seen Hammond's Spider-Man and Lou Ferrigno's Hulk side by side. I'm pretty nifty. You know what? Whilst you were whilst you were going on about all that, um, I thought I'd Google <laughs> Nicholas Hammond just to see how he's, you know, what he's up to, what he's doing, how he looks. He's 70 years old right now. I mean, not not this interpretation of, you know, like Aunt May and, and stuff, but I think, you know, if they did, you know, I remember like in the Raimi ones how, you know, Aunt May was, Aunt May and Uncle Ben were, you know, getting on. I reckon he could have been a, he could have, Pulled off a good, like Uncle Ben, you know, for the, for not, the small role that it would have that's been. That's not what he's after. I know. He wants them to ask him to come back. What you can for, get, mate, for a Peter Parker cameo. I remember randomly in 2005, it popped up in Stealth. Remember that movie with Josh oh, Lucas? Yeah. I'm blanking on the actress, Jamie Foxx. It was one of the films where it was like, and Jamie Foxx. Oh, Jessica Beale. She was in it. And at some point, Nicholas Hammond was also in it. He was in Once Upon a Time in, a, in Hollywood. Oh, yes, he was, actually. Yeah. There you go. So he's still working today. But that's my trivia. Spider-Man based. I had a feeling we were going to spend quite a bit of time on the No Way Home trailer. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Film Stew podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of 8-Bit Christmas. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.